1: Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual domestic and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories, and leave out unnecessary details that honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. May 25th, 2009, Monroe County, Michigan. An Amber Alert is issued for a little girl. Five-year-old Nevaeh Buchanan was last seen the evening before riding her scooter near her home. Very quickly, this is determined to be a child abduction. Also very quickly, within 48 hours of the kindergartner going missing, the authorities publicly announced two persons of interest. This is a case with no shortage of viable suspects. Did police experience tunnel vision, focusing on the suspicious adults in this little girl's life? And did this allow the true killer of Nevaeh to walk away, never to allow her family to finally find peace? This is Nevaeh's story. Hey, it's breaking news from Monroe. An Amber Alert issued for a five-year-old girl, Navea Buchanan, who
0: disappeared while playing near her home. Right now an all-out search continues for that little girl.
1: She vanished from the apartment complex where she lived. Now family and friends are frantically searching for little
2: Nevaeh. Almost 100% sure that she got snatched. That it was, it was just so quickly that I don't think, I know that she had to have put up some kind of fight she is a lot she is loud if she screams she is loud when she screams but i really don't i think they put their hand over her mouth maybe put her in the back something i have no idea and i really don't want to think about that
0: it was 11 days after nevaeh was abducted that her body was found here along the banks of the river raisin it was june 4th when two fishermen found the shallow grave and whoever left her body here tried to hide it with ready-mixed cement.
1: Nevaeh Amaya Buchanan was born February 3, 2004, to parents Jennifer Buchanan and Shane Hinojosa in Monroe, Michigan. Things were not easy for Nevaeh from quite early on in her life. Jennifer and Shane split not long after her birth, and Shane would move to Toledo, Ohio. At the time of Nevaeh's disappearance, he had not seen his daughter in three years and was not part of her life. Jennifer also was not coping with life as a teenage mother. She was heavily using narcotics and was imprisoned in early 2006 for 11 months for burglarizing homes to support her habit. Nevaeh's grandmother Sherry stepped up for her granddaughter and became her legal guardian, which she would remain as up to the time Nevaeh was last seen. It does seem, though, after her arrest, Jennifer turned her life around and was clean and sober, wanting to be a good role model for her only child.
0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code
1: PROGRAM. Nevaeh would later be described as a tomboy at heart. She hated dresses and was her happiest outside in the dirt. She was fascinated with motorcycles and would call herself hot stuff when she rode her own bike, which she pretended was a motorcycle. She loved motorcycles so much she named her favourite stuffed toy Harley. In fact, Nevaeh had a large collection of stuffed animals that covered her bed. Nevaeh also loved trucks and crayons, Her favourite food was macaroni and cheese. She was timid and shy and didn't trust anyone she didn't know, sticking close to her friends, in particular her best friend Austin. In May 2009, when our story takes place, five-year-old Nevaeh had graduated preschool and was due to start kindergarten in the September, something that she was nervously excited about. Nevaeh was super smart. She watched The Jungle Book on repeat, her grandmother would later describe Nevaeh as, quote, having a smile that would warm the room, a personality that would tame the wildest heart, and a love for life that was second only for her love of family, unquote.
2: I looked up like that real quick, and I seen two of the ducks flying over, and I... Don't even start with me right now. <laughs> but that is her favorite. Like I
0: Five-year-old Nevaeh Buchanan loved so many things, but ducks and Canadian geese were her favorites. Her grandmother, Sherry Buchanan, sees the signs when they're there and can't help but think about what Nevaeh would be doing right now if she were here.
2: Yeah, she would have been 18 this year. So it would have either have been either graduation or going on to further her education. Who knows? And that's what I miss, is that I didn't get to see all that.
1: Sunday, May 24th, 2009, Memorial Day weekend, 6.30pm. Five-year-old Nevaeh was spending the early evening playing with the other children at the Charlotte Arms apartment complex, where she lived with her mother Jennifer and her grandmother and legal guardian Sherry. Nevaeh had spent the day racing in and out of her family's apartment, excitedly telling her mother about all the adventures and fun she was having at a friend's apartment on the floor above theirs. Novea was having a friend to sleepover that night, but this friend arrived at 7pm without Novea. The friend said she saw Novea not long before, riding her scooter on the road which she knew she wasn't allowed to do. She wasn't supposed to be outside without her mother or grandmother. This was when Jennifer knew something wasn't right, Her daughter was generally quite a responsible little girl, and she always followed the rules. Jennifer was not happy, and she was ready to read the right act to Nevaeh. She put on her shoes and went down to the parking lot. She caught her breath. There was no sign of Nevaeh or her scooter. Jennifer checked the playground at the neighbouring school, the Hollywood school, but Nevaeh wasn't there either. Jennifer would have felt her heart racing at this point. Panic would have been setting in. Where was her daughter? The next logical explanation. Novaya was at one of her many friends' apartments in the complex. Jennifer spent the next 45 minutes knocking on apartment doors looking for Nevaeh. Even neighbours' homes that Novaya didn't know. A mother desperate to find her daughter. But no one had seen the five-year-old. Jennifer ran back outside, shouting Nevaeh's name. It was then, when Jennifer walked around the corner of the complex, she saw Novaya's purple and green scooter lying abandoned on the ground. Jennifer called Monroe Police Department at 8pm to report Nevaeh missing, and then she called her mother to come home and help. Sherry raced home from work to support her terrified daughter. Very quickly, a large scale search was arranged with dozens of officers and volunteers coming through the wooded area surrounding the apartment complex. A canine unit was brought in to try and track the little girl's scent, as well as helicopters looking from above a nearby quarry was searched using divers and sonar equipment. Police interviewed the 180 complex residents going door to door, but there was no clue as to where Nevaeh could have went. The only possible witness was neighbour Tim Finlay. He said he saw Nevaeh outside on her scooter with her friends just after 6pm. That he went inside, and when he came back outside at around 7pm, the children were gone and Nevaeh's scooter was left behind. But what he did see he saw a little red car speeding out of the complex car park. Not long after that, he said he heard Jennifer calling for her daughter. The next day, Memorial Day, hundreds more volunteers turned up in their droves to search for Nevea. Despite not being in his daughter's life for three years, Nevea's father Shane travelled to help, and this was at risk of arrest for him. There was a warrant out for his arrest, because he hadn't been able to pay child support, since losing his job the year prior. But Shane was there to do all he could. He pitched a tent near Nevea's apartment building, telling local reporters he intended to stay there until Nevea was found. The FBI and Michigan State Police were also called in to assist because given Nevaeh's age and personality, Jennifer said she would never wander off with a stranger. It was believed she was abducted and at 12.30pm, May 25th, 2009, an Amber Alert was issued. Jennifer was asked to do a polygraph and she agreed to do so. She would later openly admit that she found one question, but blamed this on both a lack of sleep and the fact she believed the police were holding her against her will. Quote, I wanted to be out there trying to find my daughter. I understand they have to look at me, but I don't know where she is. Unquote. Now, investigators did confirm Jennifer found at least one question on the polygraph, but denied that she was being held against her will, that she voluntarily agreed to take the polygraph, that she knew she wasn't under arrest and was free to leave at any time. A candlelight vigil was held in the parking lot of the apartment complex when Nevaeh went missing. More than 200 people showed up to pray for Nevaeh's safe return. As the investigation entered its 10th day, it seemed to be in danger of going cold already. Detectives had followed up on more than 800 tips without developing any substantial leads. They'd interviewed all the residents of the Charlotte Arms apartment complex and anyone who were regular visitors. This included delivery drivers, ice cream truck companies and mail carriers. But nothing brought them any closer to finding the missing little girl. June 4th, 2009, ten days after Nevaeh disappeared, 9.30am. Guy Bickley and his 15-year-old son were fishing on the banks of the River Raisin Basin near Dixon Road, around 12 miles away from the Shard Arms apartment complex where Nevea lived with her mother and grandmother. While fishing on the rocks, the fishermen noticed a concrete block that was crumbling underfoot. When Guy picked around the hole, curious as to what it could be, he noticed a horrible smell and what appeared to be human skin. Flies immediately swarmed around the crumbling concrete. Guy contacted the police. The little girl was naked but buried with her clothes next to her, and the clothes matched what Novea was last seen wearing. It would not take long for her body to be identified, but due to decomposition, they had to wait for DNA to confirm everyone's worst fears. Just a side note from my research that I wanted to talk about because it is an important factor in Novea being found. The concrete that covered her little body wasn't mixed correctly, which is why it crumbled when the fishermen walked upon it. If the concrete had been mixed properly, no one would have ever known what was underneath. And unless the unlikely chance someone had built on the riverbank and the concrete was removed, it is very probable Nevea may have never been found and just another long-term missing person with their family in pain not knowing what happened. A Wayne County medical examiner determined cause of death due to asphyxiation from inhaling dirt, dirt being found in her nose, lungs and windpipe. From the amount of dirt in her lungs, Nevaeh's death would not have been quick. This little five-year-old would have fought for her life, and it is thought that she was buried alive. Due to the level of decomposition, evidence of sexual abuse wasn't obtained. Police have said there is no signs of abuse or trauma, such as no broken bones or bruises to her body. It is believed she may have been held down with her face pushed against the dirt, but again, nothing can be determined for certain. The exact time and date of death is also unknown. What was found was under Nevaeh's fingernails, several brown carpet fibres were found. The Charlotte Arms apartment complex was searched, but whether carpets matching the fibres were found, this has never been publicly released. Now, there is some other information out there about other potential pieces of evidence. However, these are only mentioned in one or two articles, so I don't know how valid these are, but I'll still mention them today. Rumours of a bush beer can found nearby that authorities traced back to a high-light supermarket in Monroe. Also allegedly found at the scene was a 90-pound bag of concrete, and then when authorities looked into that, only a few stores in the area sold such large bags, one of them being the Coleman Cement Company, and maybe or maybe not related, but that particular store had been recently broken into. Again, take all of that with a grain of salt, because it is not widely reported on, and I think if either or both of these were actually the case, it would be more common knowledge. Two persons
0: of interest were identified during the investigation, both men who were convicted sex offenders, but neither was charged. Monroe County Sheriff's detectives remain tight-lipped on the current investigation, but tell me it is in no way a cold case. Nevaeh's file is always on somebody's desk, and to date, more than 2,000 leads have been followed. Do you think police will ever solve Nevea's murder?
1: In my opinion,
0: no.
2: No.
1: Before Nevea's body was even found, police had already arrested two persons of interest, convicted sex offenders 39-year-old George Kennedy and 48-year-old Roy Lee Smith. They were arrested on parole violations for being around a child. No evidence has ever been found to suggest their involvement in Nevea's murder. Both men were friends of Jennifer. Part of Kennedy's parole conditions was he was prohibited from having a romantic relationship with anyone associated with a child. Rumours quickly spread that Jennifer and Kennedy were in a romantic relationship, although both have denied this. However, there is plenty of information out there that supports Nevaeh did look at Kennedy as a father figure, calling him Daddy George. Jennifer met Smith through Kennedy, who she met at their parole office in 2007. This was when Kennedy was released after serving a sentence for raping a 15-year-old girl and accosting a 13-year-old girl after invading their home. Smith had been released from prison a year prior after serving a 15-year sentence for sexual assault. Just the kind of men you want around your 5-year-old child. I'm sorry, and I don't like to victim bash, and Jennifer is a victim here of losing her daughter. But it wasn't the greatest decision ever made in allowing these men any access to her daughter. And the public felt the same. The connection did result in the police and public opinion turning against Jennifer. She was more than aware of Kennedy and Smith's sex offender status. She would say she overlooked them but, quote, always kept her guard up about that, unquote. With a search warrant. Police searched the motel and van where Kennedy resided and they found a blood-soaked towel and multi-tool and photos of a young girl who was not Nevaeh. There also appeared to be blood on one of the walls. Of note, Kennedy also worked in cement and there was a cement company behind where Kennedy was living at the time. It was an ominous discovery. However, three days later the forensic analysis was returned and investigators learnt that the blood found in Kennedy's motel room and on the multi-tool did not belong to Nevea. They had focused on him since the start, and the idea he wasn't involved was a massive blow to the investigation. But police would soon have to admit defeat, and police publicly admitted they no longer suspect Kennedy and Smith to be involved with what happened to Nevaeh. Quote, We are looking in a different direction in recent months based on our investigation. Unquote. There was a third man police considered, 30-year-old James Easter. He came to the police's attention in 2014. Born and raised in Monroe and served 10 years in prison on domestic violence charges. Police questioned him thoroughly, but he refused to confess. And after this interrogation, Easter built a fire in his backyard and burnt some of his property. He would later be charged with arson – There is a strong argument out there by those in the know that this guy is the guy, local opinion, but there has never been enough evidence. Police were also looking for a green van that was seen at the Hollywood School at the time of Nevea's disappearance. Not as a suspect or person of interest, police seemed to purely just wanting to question them on what they may have seen at the time. There were also apparently two young boys. Aged not that much older than Nevaeh, around the area the night of her disappearance. But it isn't clear what, if any, was gathered from these leads. An unidentified woman came forward and said the day before Nevaeh went missing, she had seen the little girl, quote, looking at various cars in the parking lot. There was this black car she was trying to deflate the tyres, unquote. The woman said she had never seen this black car before, and it stayed in the parking lot until the next day the same day Nevea disappeared. According to the information that is out there, police received a complaint May 23rd in Greenwick Commons, just over three miles away from the Child Arms apartment complex. The complaint reported a man driving a black Grand Prix who revealed his penis to two children, asking them, quote, Have you seen one of these? Unquote. The man was apprehended and identified as Paul Miller Jr., investigators would interview Miller's mother and father, who told police their son would wake up in the morning and take a shower and not return until late at night. Interestingly, police would also discover Miller was friends with Roy Lee Smith, and they would often go fishing in places in Monroe, close to where Nevaeh was ultimately found. Miller would plead guilty to obscene acts, but there doesn't appear to be any further information available between the connection of Miller to the murder of Nevaeh Buchanan the cost of Nevaeh's funeral was paid for by donations. And on June 13, 2009, more than 800 people attended her funeral to express their sorrow and to show their support for Nevaeh's loved ones. Reverend Dal Hayford tearfully telling the masses, quote, that one little girl was so powerful she brought the community together, unquote. love of motorcycles being the centre point of the day. A Harley-Davidson hearse carried her tiny white casket. Nine police officers on motorcycles leading the procession. Nevaeh's favourite stuffed dog, Harley, being buried alongside her in her final resting place at St Joseph's Cemetery. A memorial has been erected when Nevaeh's body was found. There is a wooden cross with her name where people can leave stuffed toys and balloons so she is not forgotten. The fishermen who found her still tend to the site – so it remains a peaceful place for this sweet little girl. As a mark of respect, fishermen no longer use the place where Nevea's body was found as a fishing hole. It is now thought of as holy ground. A few months after the murder, Nevaeh's grandmother Sherry moved out of the Charlotte Arms apartment complex and she relocated to a mobile home with her sister. She couldn't deal with living with all the memories any longer, struggling never seeing her granddaughter again. Sherry has since passed away, without knowing who stole her beloved Nevaeh from her.
0: 13 years later, Nevaeh's presence can be felt all over Monroe, including at her preschool, where she graduated just days before she disappeared. Jennifer Buchanan is married now and has two boys who are almost Nevaeh's age when she was taken.
2: That's the reason why right now today, like I said, I don't let these kids out of my sight, especially when they're with me. <laughs> I just don't wanna trust nobody right now in things, which I don't, I mean, I talk to people, but I stay at a distance.
0: Sherry also still talks to Nevaeh, mostly when she visits her at St. Joseph's Cemetery.
2: When you go to St. Joseph,
0: what do, you, what do you say to Nevaeh?
2: I just tell her every time I see her, and I said, baby, I wish to God you were here with me. I said, I would have loved to have seen how you would have turned out and everything and stuff. And I said, I regret the day that the person took you away from me.
1: It's been 14 years since Nevaeh's murder. There have been no arrests and no solid suspects. There has been nothing. Nevaeh's cousin, Risa Smith, who suggested I cover this story, she is still searching for answers. Risa keeps binders of notes and information regarding her case. Risa says the place where Nevaeh's body was found was not easy to get to, and finds it hard to believe that no one saw anything regarding her disappearance. Nevaeh's paternal grandmother, Carla Nash, believes that her granddaughter knew her murderer, and she is not the only one who thought that. Because before she passed, Sherry would also believe Nevaeh knew her killer. Quote, had to know this person for her to go with that person. Everyone around the apartment said they heard no screaming or nothing. Who could have possibly abducted Novea in broad daylight without anyone noticing? Unquote. Risa supports this sentiment. Quote, Everyone that we talked to said she was very shy and she would not go up to someone she did not know. No one we talked to said they heard a kid crying or screaming or asking for help. Did she know this person and that's why she willingly went? Did she willingly go? No one knows that. Unquote. To the time of this recording, there has been no significant updates on the case in recent years, but authorities do insist this is an open and active investigation. In 2021, they submitted evidence from the case to the FBI for further analysis using technology not available at the time of the initial investigation. There is this hope the new testing may finally reveal the identity of the killer. Nevaeh's murder remains unsolved, and her case lacks the justice it deserves. Anyone with any information is encouraged to call the Detectives Bureau on 734 240 7530 or Crime Stoppers on 1800 773 2587. Even the smallest piece of insignificant information may be just the break the authorities are waiting for. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice. And subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu.